0: Somebody said, God is good. I am so glad, so happy today that my daughter got here safely. Minister I can give her a hand today. Come on, somebody. The London pastor, the warrior of the UK. And my daughter Jay, the one that works with her, I give her a hand today. Come on. Somebody say hallelujah. I say, give them a hand. Come on, somebody. God bless you. We are glad to see you. Jay, God bless you. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So the meeting has begun already. Amen. I said the meeting has begun. But since we've been praising the Lord, since we began to pray, actually, since you came into the church tonight, the Lord has been talking to me about you. And I don't know why, well I know why. There is something following you that is trying to kill you. I don't know what it is. I don't know what is going on around you, but I see that thing is following you. Is here to try to time in it your life before the time and i want to pray for you today i want to reverse whatever the enemy is doing i don't care what it is it don't matter what it is are you hearing what i'm saying it doesn't matter what it is god is a powerful god and he can do something that the enemy cannot do would you like me to pray for you now you've come here three times now right three times tell me what is the problem come here Tell me. Give me your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus. I know today is Bible study, but you know, I really don't care. This one is a daughter of Zion. Whatever the enemy is trying to do against you and to repeat the past. I command you to lose your hold. You have no authority over this life. This one has made up her mind to go with God. And there is nothing you can do to stop it. So today, you power of the enemy. that want to target this life. She is here now, under the coverage of this house. I demand, let the hand that works against this life be broken right now. In the name of Jesus. For your new life has begun. And there is nothing the devil can do about it. Today, I erase the shadow of your past. And I command, let your future become a thing that you can see visibly. For the prayer you have prayed is being answered right this minute. In Jesus' name. Take a seat. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say God is awesome. Last night while I was, you know, trying to sleep. I wasn't trying to study. I was just trying to sleep. Somebody say amen. amen. But the Lord did not allow me to sleep. He wanted me to study. And I, I went upstairs to begin to study. And he gave me a word that I want to just drop in your spirit today. Somebody say amen. amen. And the word he gave me was really, and he, it's, it's like God was really serious. It's like a serious information that we need to hear. How many if you know we are in a very different time? Amen. I mean, we are in a different season. Do you believe that? Every one of us are in a different season. I, I stood here, and I told you on Sunday, is it Sunday? Either Sunday or Saturday or Friday, I told you that many of you are receiving spiritual promotion. Do you remember that? And I told you that many of you that heaven, your heaven are open. There are some things you are not able to do before spiritually that you are able to do now. There are some dimensions or realm or atmosphere you have been craving to feel Or to experience that God is beginning to introduce to you gradually. Somebody hallelujah. But you see, with great anointing comes great responsibility. It's very important for us to understand that with great anointing comes what? Great responsibility. Somebody say amen. And the evidence of what I saw that God was showing me, behind that girl. um, What's your name again, my dear? Yeah. Behind. That day I saw it. I saw... Around you, I saw the angel of the Lord, but not in the form of a human being, in the form of like a cloud. And I saw another one at the back, over the back, back, back. And the Lord said, that's the sign of open heaven. Individual open heaven, not collective, but individual open heaven. In other words, there are so many of us that have been trying to tap into the spirit. We have not been able. But recently, it just happened. Some things just happened. Somebody say amen. Which means when that happens, there is going to be something that will follow it. Something that will follow will be a visible manifestation of what you have been feeling in the spirit. Have you ever felt like something is about to happen? You know, something is about to take place in your life. And a good thing for that matter. Now, some people stay in that feeling for a long time and they never see it. Some people, when they feel it, they get into the atmosphere, get into the cavity to be able to cause this super to become natural. Somebody say hallelujah. So... What I'm seeing by the grace of the Lord is real and it's not fake. But I don't want it to stay in the spirit. I want it to have a physical evidence. Somebody say physical evidence. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Somebody say physical evidence. So the Lord told me how that can happen. And he told me to give you examples. Because no matter how anointed you are, you can lose it. No matter what covenant. Hmm. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say uh, uh, contract. Somebody say agreement. When it comes to agreement, right? Or let me say human covenant. When it comes to human covenant, there are two people involved in it. Is that right? This one agree to this. This one agree to this. Is anybody hearing me? If this one does not agree to this, it won't work. If you are having contract, both of you have to agree to a term of that contract. Is anybody hearing me? All right. Both of you have equal rights in that contract. Hello, somebody. Somebody say equal right in that contract. And when you when, if I and her have a contract or a covenant... When I break my covenant, then she's no longer bound to obey the covenant. But when you come to God, you are not on equal right with God. That covenant is one-sided. Oh, come on somebody. That covenant is one-sided. And that covenant does not stop because you broke it. God continues his own. Why he wait for you to play your part? The, the one that determines the terms of the covenant is not you, it's God. You, Oh, somebody say amen. amen. Is anybody hearing me? I love that type of covenant. Because I don't want to determine the terms of blood covenant between me and God. I want him to tell me how it's going to look like. Somebody say hallelujah. Because he is the authority in our lives. Somebody say the authority in our lives. God is the final authority. Somebody said, "Final authority in our life. Now, he told me yesterday about the fatality. He used the word fatality of disobedience. Somebody said, the fatality of disobedience. Now, I know that disobedience is bad, but the Lord said that disobedience can be fatal. Somebody say amen. amen. And I want to show you how it can happen. Are you ready for this today? Beverly, pick up the microphone and read for me. I'm going to put it on board. Genesis Chapter 3, verse 9. Genesis, chapter 3. You're going to read me from verse 9 to 11.
1: And the Lord God called unto Adam uh-huh. and said unto him. Uh-huh. Where art thou?
0: Uh-huh. Watch that. Hold on. Because we, let's let's study the Bible, right? Somebody said, the Lord God. Lord God. Don't worry. Some of you are not going to be looking up again. You're going to be looking down on these ones. That's why I, I, I make sure so that you can see. You don't have to be. You know, somebody say, Amen. People at the back can do that. Somebody said, glory to God. Lord Somebody God. said, the Lord God. Lord God, what did he do? Called unto Adam. Adam said to him, what? God has never asked that question before. He has never asked Adam that question before. The Bible didn't say there was a question asked before ever. But for the first time, God said, where are, where are you? Which means where we normally meet, the agreement we have, that this is the place we meet, where? Why did you leave the place? And God didn't finish with that question. Go ahead. And he said,
1: I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself.
0: Okay, hold Listen, gentlemen, hold on. Adam said, I heard, let's read it again. Everybody, come on, let's read. And he said, I "I heard thy voice in the garden. Hold on. This is not the first time he he heard God's voice. He has heard God's voice before. Somebody say amen has he done that before why did he not hide them somebody's hallelujah Hallelujah. he heard god's voice before why didn't you hide them why are you hiding now this is a voice you know you are familiar with when the voice come before you are excited you are excited about the visit of god but now you're hiding number one number two he made a statement he said, I was afraid. He heard God's voice. He became afraid. How can you be afraid over somebody you have covenant with all the time? And I hid myself. I was afraid and what? And naked. Where did the fear come from? Because God did not create you with his spirit of fear. Where did you get it from? Something is wrong. So God heard the word. I ran. Afraid. And naked. God said something is not right. Because that's not Adam. Because the one I made doesn't fear. Can never be naked. Somebody say amen. amen. Cannot run from me. Because he looks just like me. Unless something else is wrong. And the next thing, let's read. God said what?
1: And, I and he said, you told me that thou was naked.
0: Alright. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. Adam, what brought fear to you? What made you begin to hide from me? What made you run from me? why is it that i'm trying to save you you keep running i'm trying to help you i'm coming close to you but you're running from me something is wrong while you're running from me something is happening are people running from god today a bunch of folks are running from god they are running from god out of their own self-will disobedient because they are afraid to come close because the spirit they carry is no longer the spirit he gave them. That's right. Man. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So they are running. Even people in church. Some of them are running from God. Right church. God want to take them from one level to the other. They say God no you know. No. Let me stay now. Let me not go too deep. Let me just stay right here. Some of us are running from God. by our character, our behavior. We are running from him. Because we don't want him to take us deep. Because we know, we, we know that we are still living foul. Or oh, we are still rocking, we are still shaking up. So we are running from him in everything. Whatever God want to put you in, you say, God, no, you know, I've got to just go to church, read the Bible and go home. Adam, how did you know that you were naked? That's a powerful question. If you are naked, you know you're naked now. What kind of question is that? Can God ask me that kind of question? If I'm naked, I know I'm naked. But this nakedness is is different. Adam, when I created you, I gave you something to cover you. The only way that covering can leave for you to see that you're naked is because something has happened. So here is the question of God. Adam, because God asked two questions. Number one, Adam, who told it? Somebody said, who told you? He didn't say, how did he know? He said, who told you? Because I didn't tell you you were naked. I gave you a covering. Who told you you are poor? Who told you you can be healed? I did not give you such a doubting spirit. Who told you this is your life forever? Who told you you cannot get married? Who told you you are going to repeat history of your parents in your life? Who told you because somebody died before their time in your life, you are going to die before your time? Who told you that? Because in my book, I didn't say that to you. Who told you that your life will not become a testimony? Who told you that? Who told you that you're going to be alone forever? Who told you that there's no help on the way? Adam, who told you that you are over? Who told you that you are nobody? Who told you that you can make it? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you? about shame. Who messed your mind up? Who affected your mind to make you begin to believe in a lie? What happened? Why are you speaking a language I never gave you? Who told you that you were naked? Now, here is God. Here is the next thing because God knows that the only way he can know that he was naked is by disobedience. The next question, I told you to, second question, have you, is that right? Have thou eaten Of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat. Somebody's hallelujah. Hallelujah. God say, Who told thee that thou was naked? Did you go do what I ask you not to do? Because the only way you can be naked is through doing what I did not ask you to do. The only way you can be poor is through doing what I did not ask you to do. The only way you can have low self-esteem is through doing what I told you not to do. The only way the devil can overcome you is through doing what I told you not to do. Because your original makeup is a makeup of complete and absolute dominion. For the enemy now to have dominion over you that you begin to think wrong about yourself, something in you has gone wrong. And God said, did you eat the fruit? I told you not to eat. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. If you notice, God did not make Adam naked. If you notice, God did not bring shame to Adam. If you notice, God did not scare Adam for him to be free. All those things happened to Adam on their own. God wasn't there when he was afraid. When he became became naked. God was showing up, he ran away. All those things happened to Adam without God doing anything. And all those things happened to him because of disobedience. He disobeyed. He began to see himself the way the devil wanted to show himself to him. He disobeyed. He began to see himself naked. I don't have glory. I'm just here. I'm just empty. There's nothing about me that's going to work. Disobedience brings wrong-mindedness. I said, disobedience brings what? Wrong thinking. Somebody say wrong thinking. When you are disobedient to God, you lose your coverage of effectiveness. You, were, you become uncovered. Adam immediately became what? Uncovered. Somebody say, glory to God. Adam has never known what pain looks like. He has never known what suffering looks like. Somebody say, glory to God. He has never known what being alone looks like. He has never known that he was naked. Because when the glory of God is on your life, there is nothing the devil can tell you that can become yours. Is anybody hearing me? When the glory of God is covering you, you begin to do what ordinarily you cannot do. Somebody say, man. The glory of God empower an ordinary vessel into an extraordinary vessel. So Adam, God said, you've eaten the fruit. Adam made an excuse. "Is the woman thou gave us me. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Somebody say, man. But the thing is that until he disobeyed, he was not naked. Until he disobeyed, he was not afraid. Oh, come on somebody. Until he disobeyed, he did not look at himself like an ordinary person. Until he disobeyed, he had nothing that he needed that was not there. Until he disobeyed, he was a king. Until he disobeyed, all the animals were bowing before him. Until he disobeyed, he was God's best friend. Until he disobeyed, poverty never came. Death never came. Suffering never came. tilling the ground never came. But when he disobeyed, everything turned upside down. Ladies and gentlemen, behold the body of disobedience. The pain every one of us are going through in this world today is because of one thing. Disobedience. It's, it's, It's fatal to our lives. That's why this message is tagged: the fatality of what? Disobedience. Somebody say glory to God. I want us to read on. Read on because we are not done yet. I want to show you something right quick.
1: Verse 12. And said, the woman whom thou gavest to me. No, 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 hold on, hold on.
0: I'm sorry. Somebody say amen. Now here is this. After they got out of the garden, right? They began to do what they had never done. Do you know why God drove them out of the garden? Yeah, the Bible said so that they wouldn't eat the fruit of life and live forever. Why do you think that was the way? That's what it is. The only person that will live forever in his sinful state is Lucifer, Satan, the devil, not children of God. Hello. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. God did not want Adam in his state to taste that fruit. Because God had a plan. If Adam had eaten the... Remember, can I say something to you? Nobody can change God. You cannot preach to God. You cannot change God. Hello? Can you preach to Satan? You cannot preach to the devil. He cannot change. Somebody say glory to God if Adam had eaten the fruit tree of life in his fallen state his deliverance would become impossible. His freedom would become what? Impossible. So what did God do? Let's read what God did and I will show you what he did. Genesis 4 from verse 1 to 7. Read.
1: And Adam knew Eve his wife Genesis 4 and Adam and Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, uh-huh. and said, have gotten a man from the Lord." And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground.
0: All right, hold on. Before we get there, go to the book of Genesis three, verse twenty-two. Genesis three, twenty-two. Go there
1: said, behold, uh-huh. the man is become as one of us, to uh-huh. towards good and evil, uh-huh. and now lest he put forth his hand, and take also the tree of life, uh-huh. and eat, and live then forever. Then the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, uh-huh. to till the ground from whence it was taken. Uh-huh. So he
0: drove the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden. Say, he drove out the, out the man. Ladies and gentlemen, look up at me for just a minute. Where did he drive him from? From the garden. Garden, is that that right? Somebody take away the garden. Take it away. Somebody say, God drove man away from his presence. Let's take that away. Somebody say, God drove man away from man's habitat. Because God did not create man and put him anywhere else. When he created them, he put them in the garden of Eden. When he created the fish, he put them in the water. Is that right? Everything he created, before he created them, he made a habitat for them. If a fish comes out of water, the fish will die. Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. Fish cannot come out of water. It can only jump and go back inside. Adam cannot live a dominion life without the garden of Eden. Every life he will live, every success, every power will happen inside the garden. But outside the garden, everything that will happen to him will be calling for death. Somebody say amen. Everything happened to Adam was calling for what? Death, pain, suffering, death, pain, suffering. Why? Because of one thing. Disobedience. Look at, look at the thing now. Adam and Eve began, they knew each other. They, had, they, they gave birth to children, Cain and Abel. Is that right? Now, Adam and Eve, they began to do what they never did before. Everything they, had, they were doing at that moment was to get back to Eden. Because Cain and Abel was taught about sacrifice. They did not just bring sacrifice to God. They saw their parents do it. That's why they began to do it. The Bible says in the process of time, Cain and Abel brought sacrifice to him. Is that right? Adam and Eve taught them how to do sacrifice so that they can find a way back to God. They never had a need for sacrifice. They did not have need to burnt offering. They did not have need for that because they were in the natural habitat that God gave them. Because God was coming to them. They did not have need to go to God. Because God was what? Coming to them. Now when they left the garden, what happened? Now they're looking for how now to go to God. Is that right? We were not supposed to be going to God. God was supposed to be coming to us. You didn't hear that. You were not supposed to be seeking God. You're supposed to always get ready for him to come and see you. Somebody say why. Somebody say why. Because the bride is not the one that pursues the man. The groom is the one that comes to see the bride. Somebody say, Glory to God. We are his bride. He comes to check up on us every time. As long as we have not cheated on him. As long as our garment has not become dirty. Somebody say, Glory to God. They began to make sacrifices. To get to God. For God to come closer. At this moment, God was far away. Look at the sequence of what happened. Because of what? Disobedience. Somebody say disobedience. Disobedience. People are in pain today because of disobedience. I'm going to show you how disobedience can have four effects in people's lives. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Sin is based entirely on disobedience. Plain disobedient sin is based on what disobedient. That's the What sin is? Somebody say, "Amen." Sin is completely based on disobedient. I want you to look at First John. First John chapter three, verse four. Put it on the ball, please. First John chapter three, verse four. Read. Whosoever
1: committed sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law.
0: Did you see that? Whosoever committed sin is what? Transgressed the law. For sin is what? Oh, talk to me somebody. Sin is what? Sin of the law. Somebody say disobedient. disobedient. The law Jesus put down. The law God put. If you transgress against it, it becomes sin. So sin is entirely based on what? disobedience. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say, glory to God. Let's look at how disobedient... uh, You've seen, first of all, how disobedient uncovered Adam. Let's look at somebody else that was uncovered. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Somebody say, amen. How many of you are getting blessed today? 1 Samuel 15. I want us to read verse number 16... To 26. Keep reading. I'm going to stop you, but keep reading.
1: Yes, sir. First Samuel 15, verse 16. Uh-huh. Then Samuel said unto Saul, uh-huh. Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to this night. Uh-huh. And he said unto him, Stay on. Uh-huh. And Samuel said, When thou was little in thine own sight, uh-huh. was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, uh-huh. and, the Lord ad- and the Lord appointed to be king over Israel? Uh-huh. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy. Uh-huh. The Amalekites And fight against them
0: Until uh-huh. they become souls Somebody say orderly Somebody say orderly Completely Somebody say completely, completely. Totally, totally. Destroy the, the Amalekites That was what? That was, that was the instruction Somebody say that was the instruction Let me tell you something Disobedience is not just to God You can be disobedient to your pastor when your pastor said, Take this water, put it on top of the fridge. Don't put it on top of the chair. Put it on the fridge. Not on the chair. He didn't say chair. He said what? Fridge. Even if you took the water in obedience and put it on the chair, when he said fridge, you are in disobedience. People only think that disobedient to God is what brings judgment. No, 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 no. When God puts you under authority, that authority, you must submit to it and obey their authority. Oh, let's go on, let's go on, let's go on. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. He said, destroy all of them. Let me read Let's see what he did. What if did did not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you not obey what God told you to do? Look at what he said. But did for up uh-huh. And did evil
1: in the sight of the Lord. Uh-huh. And Saul said unto Samuel, well, uh-huh. Yes, I have the voice of the what's Lord.
0: Watch the pride.
1: And have done the what's
0: way which forsake me. Watch the pride. God said, Utterly destroy them. He went there, he killed all of them, and kept the king alive. And kept the sheep and the oxen alive. And he came now, the prophet told him, Why did he not obey God? He said, I obeyed God. I did what he told me to do. Out of pride. He knew he failed God. Somebody say hallelujah. And here is what happened. God only listens to you when you admit you are wrong. God don't listen to you when you are thinking you are right. Because you become in argument with him. Go ahead. says,
1: okay, and have brought Haggai, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. you
0: see that? I brought Haggai, the king of Amalek. You did not know, without king, there is no domain. Without a king, there is no kingdom. If the king is alive, the kingdom is alive. Can I tell you what makes a kingdom a kingdom? If a king is here, right? This place is empty. A king is here. That place becomes a kingdom. It doesn't matter whether nobody is there. If the king move from here and go here, that place he is, he becomes what? A kingdom. So the people don't make up the kingdom. The king makes up the kingdom. Because everything in the land belongs to the king. Oh, come on somebody. So when you kill everybody in the land and leave the king, the kingdom lives on. Somebody hallelujah. Because in the hand of the king, there is a key to the kingdom. And it's called scepter the king must have it. As long as that scepter, the king is in the position and the king is alive, that scepter only answers to the king. And when Saul did not kill the king, he kept the kingdom alive. And God said, why? Because God was angry to the Amalekite. Why do I know that? When they came out of Pharaoh's house, the first enemy they met was the Amalekite. And God said, I will never forget what you did to my people. Oh, somebody said, God is a warrior. That's why nobody should mess with you because when God comes, it can't go back until your enemies are vanquished. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Somebody tap your and say, please don't mess with me. They will come and come and say, Never, please don't mess with me. I beg you, don't try it. When you are a child of God and you stand with God, no witch is able to smell you. If they try, they will die the same day they try. May your enemies fall before you. Yeah. I said, may your enemies fall before you. Yeah. So, Saul so now, read on. Let's see what Saul said. Verse 21.
1: Uh-huh. But the people took of the spoiled sheep's oxen, uh-huh. the chief of the things that should have been utterly destroyed, to thing. sacrifice... Hold
0: on, my dear. He said the people. Not me, The people. Somebody said the people. Okay, hold on, hold on somebody came to me some time ago not this year but he said to me apostle your members are wearing paint that's a sin you're leading them in sin." he said your lender are wearing gold are wearing making their hair let them let them not omit their hair the lord said i should tell you tell them to stop making their hair and to stop wearing gold and to not uh, glory to god somebody say glory to god now i am the prophet of the house and i'm not a weak one for that matter you don't come into my house and tell me what to say to the lord I will tell you what God is saying about here. God is going to become out of order if he passes me by and go tell you about the ministry before telling me. Amen. And the person say, and I came to church and I told it. I said, somebody came to me and told me to tell you I'm not to wear gold no more. Whatever, y'all. So you are a sinner. You are a sinner. Oh, you are a sinner. You are a sinner. All of you are going to hell. Because you are not wearing pants. The people was trying to tell me. What to do. Just like the people told Saul. What to do. When you are a leader. And God gave you an assignment. Before he gave you that. He didn't consult the people. He told you. Yeah. Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah. Now, the people can advise you. How many of you have seen me say, when we come to a workers' meeting, I say, suggest. Yeah. I say, sometimes your suggestion, I'm going to put it somewhere. How many of you have heard me say that? Yeah. I say, suggest. Sometimes you suggest, I say, leave it alone. You say, don't worry about it. Because I say, okay. I'm going to do that, but not now. How many of you know that? Yeah. I don't look at how you feel about that. Do I look at it? I'm not going to look at you. Oh, I suggested. Apostle didn't take it. I, I don't care. You can frown it that kingdom come. I don't care. I, I mean, you can frown. Your nose better be wider. It, it let your nose become wider and bigger. I don't give a care. because You know why? Because you are not going to answer God. I'm going to answer him. Somebody say, man. And some of you, you are, you, you are used to me. Now, you know that I'm, I'm, I'm in. I don't mean any harm. But if you think so, that's your business too. I ain't got time to explain that. The moment you say, I say... Um, Apostle, what about that? I said, um, don't worry about it. We'll move on. Because I know why. I know why. If I make a mistake, let him deal with me. Yes, church need to understand how to be in order. Yes. If not, witches will rule the church. Yes. Somebody call me and say, hey, say, Apostle, I want you to build a prayer house. I want to lead it for you. I want to be there. I want to lead your prayer house. God told me. I said, glory to God. God bless your mouth and your teeth too. <laughs> they are beautiful. I said, let me t- pray about it. Let me think about it. I said, God, what do you say? God said, leave it alone. I kept quiet. The person came to my support. what about it? I said, there's nothing like that. And after after a year, the person left the church. I said, good. I thought to say, God told you. How would you have led it if I kept you here? If I didn't do it? Somebody say, Amen. Saul so, listen to the people. Who did God deal with? Did he deal with the people? Come on now, talk to me. Did he even talk to the people about the issue? He came to Saul. Guess what? He uncovered Saul. Read on. Let's see what he did to Saul. Somebody said disobedient. Go on. As
1: Samuel said, hath the Lord great delight in burnt offerings uh-huh. and sacrifices uh-huh. as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Uh-huh. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice uh-huh. and to hearken than the fat of rams. Okay, go ahead. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft uh-huh. and stubbornness is as iniquity and
0: idolatry. Somebody say stubbornness. How many of you are stubborn? Yeah. Stubbornness is as iniquity and what? The stubbornness he's talking about is a stubbornness that shows up over an authority. Yes, sir. They tell you to do you are stubborn, you're and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. No, 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 you cannot do it like that. You must follow what? Instruction. Somebody say instruction. Somebody say instruction. Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. Somebody say instruction. Some of you ran away from home. Look at how your life turned out. Oh, I'm grown. I'm going to follow him, Mama, And you run. And they've dealt with you, they hurt you, they broke you. If you had stayed with your mama until the time is right, you would have minimized the damage. Thank God for you that there is a second chance. God is a God of a second chance. Many of you are now dealing with the same thing in your children. Oh, I'm going to do whatever I want. You you, You know why you keep feeling bad? Because you're seeing yourself in them. And those children are going to see themselves in their daughters too. Until somebody say, I'm going to break that cycle. Hello somebody. Disobedience is dangerous on any level. Somebody say, on any level. It brings unnecessary pain. It brings unnecessary delay. Somebody say, "Amen." It brings in your life what you were not ordained for somebody say disobedient on any somebody say on any level whether it's against your ma- mother against your pastor against your leaders it, it, it brings all kinds of mess I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you in a minute somebody say amen god, let's see what god said go ahead
1: because he has rejected the word of the lord he hath also rejected thee from being king verse 24 and so, unto Samuel, I have sinned, uh-huh. for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord, uh-huh. and by words, because I feared the people and uh-huh. obeyed their voice. Uh-huh. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin, and die again with me, that, that I may worship.
0: I feared the people, and I, I obeyed their voice. Somebody says, I fear the people. That is what almost 80% of American pastors are doing. They are scared of the people, so they are telling them what they want to hear. I, I was talking to Marvin, my daughter today, I heard a story that I never heard before. You know, about Jamal Bryan. You know, and I said, God, what do I do with this? The Lord said, tell your people to leave it alone. Somebody say, Amen. amen. They brought the DNA test, they brought whatever, the girl in California came out and said, This is Dutch Son, whatever, last this year. Somebody said, amen. amen. I say, I say, I told my say, when did this happen? They said, just a minute. I say, oh, okay. But you need to understand. I told you there is a way a pastor should operate. Somebody say, man. Keep your mouth out of it, okay? Just give God praise and move on. All right? Somebody say, glory to God. Many pastors are scared of the people and they are no longer going to God for consecration. They are forming messages that will make them happy. Use a friendly message preaching them happy and preaching them to hell. And that is when by doing that, they are committing sin against God. And guess whose God is coming to judge? The pastors. I fear the people and I hearken to their voice. If I preach holiness, they will leave. Tides will go down. How about letting it go down? Let God do what he wants to do. Guess what happened? God does say, I have rejected you from being king. Somebody said God rejected Saul. Now the moment that word left God's mouth, guess what happened? The dome that was covering Saul, giving him grace and victory, lifted up. When that dome lifted up, a demon came. And a demon entered into him. The Bible says, an evil spirit from God. What does that mean? God allowed a demon to take him over. Somebody say, glory to God. What kind of spirit is in your life ransacking your life because of disobedience? What kind of spirit is attacking your finances, attacking your health, attacking your environment because of what you did that you were not supposed to do? God is speaking, do right, do this. It is for your own good. But many of us are doing what makes our flesh feel good. And it's bringing the spirit to our life and it's destroying our lives. Somebody say, glory to God. When you tell somebody, stop shack, stop smoking weed, they keep on doing it, right? Guess what it leads to? It brings a bunch of dangerous stuff. Weed is a gateway drug. Stop doing crack, they keep doing it. Guess what it brings to their life? It brings a bunch of demons to their lives. Stop keeping boyfriend and girlfriend. They keep on doing that. A demon moves in. I told you, sin is just disobedience. And it brings all kinds of spirit. And many people that are doing this sin are seeing the result of it. They might not believe it is a result of sin. But everything is as a result of iniquity that is happening in our lives. Somebody say, glory to God. The fatality of disobedience. Guess what happened to Saul? Saul ran crazy. His life was in disarray. His family was in disarray. Everything was in disarray. That Saul became jealous of his nest of kin. The one that's supposed to take over for him, Saul took javelin to kill him. He began to act out. Because of what? Disobedience. Can I tell you something? Many of us would have gone so far in life if not because of disobedience. Many of us, our life will be different. The level we are will be different. If not for what? disobedience. Please take this message and hear me. Because there's always a second chance. If God don't want to give it, he won't bring this message. I mean. The years you wasted disobedience, God can restore those years. Yeah. All you need to do is say, God, I've heard this word and I'm going to make man right now. When I'm disobeying, on any level, not just with God, I need to submit and obey. If I want to ask a question, let me ask a question before I do. Somebody say, glory to God. Saul was what uncovered is that right his life turned upside down somebody say man he became uncovered from the grace that god has given him somebody say glory to god somebody say glory to god the things that used to go his way don't go his way no more he began to lose in warfare that's why they were afraid of Goliath. Saul used to go to war see when you hear Saul used to go to war. Somebody said, glory to God. Somebody said, hallelujah. How many of you remember? How many of you remember in the Bible when they came and they said there is people that are trying to kill the children of Israel. And they told them that if you don't come out to fight us, we are going to kill you and gather your eyes or you become our slaves. Then we crying. The whole city began to cry. And they brought the message. And they were gathering atmosphere. And they brought the message to Saul. And Saul, everybody was crying. And Saul was mad. The Bible said the spirit of the Lord came on him. And he took a a bullock. And he slaughtered the bullock into pieces. He said, anyone that does not come out for war. This is going to happen to your bullocks. Or your cow. Or your sheep. Everybody come. When they gathered in their thousands. You know what happened? saul told them tell the people over there by this time tomorrow you shall have help somebody say hallelujah look at them and say help is on the way yeah. the devil might be threatening you but by this time i prophesy to you before the week is over you are going to have help in this gathering of the ego you are going to have help i wish i got a better amen today somebody So, the warfare came. You know what happened? Let me just tell you, paraphrase it. They told them they were coming by 3 p.m. in the evening. Guess when they came? Because they told the people they were coming by 3 p.m. in the evening, were coming out by 3 p.m. in the evening, right? Guess when they came? 5 a.m. in the morning. They did not give the enemy chance to even prepare. And they messed the enemy up. May you mess your enemy up this year. I say may you mess your enemies up this year. When they see saw coming. When they saw everybody quailed in fear. Because of the grace of God that was upon his life. The same man that used to fight war. The same man that used to be giant. He became a fruity pebble. He became a fruit cake. The same brother that used to roar. Was afraid of Goliath. Is glorious when it comes to Saul? Saul was a ferocious fighter. People were afraid of him. But you can imagine when the grace have left you. What you usually what usually fear you, you begin to fear it. May that not be your portion. I say, may that not be your portion. Because the disobedience causes you to lose to people you are not supposed to lose to. You are not supposed to lose to life. Life's supposed to lose to you. Yeah. Oh, come on somebody. Yeah. Is anybody hearing me? You're not supposed to have low self-esteem. That's not your portion. It's not your portion to be poor or to be sick. It's not your portion. Life will lose to you. Yeah. You will not lose to life. Yeah. I say you will not lose to life. Yeah. Somebody say, glory to God. Yeah. I know his Bible study, but I feel I preach it now. <laughs> somebody say, amen. amen. May, you, may life lose to you. Who's going on They came out, the Philistines. When you got a God, Jehovah God, on your side. Because Saul was afraid, all his military men became afraid. Listen to me. Disobedience does not just affect you. It affects things about you. It affects people around you. It affects your family. It affects your children. Everything about you is affected by disobedience. That is why disobedience is dangerous. It's, I told you the message is what? The fatality of disobedience. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. amen. It's said because it's not just about you. It's about many other people. So, guess what? Guess who? When Goliath came, Saul so couldn't lift up a finger. Saul so could not what? Lift up a finger. Even to the extent that when he saw the anointing, he could not understand it. When David came, David said, I'm going to kill him. He said, David, come on. Saul himself supposed to smell who he used to be. David was who Saul used to be. But Saul could not see the anointing anymore. Because he was crazy. He was even trying to kill David. He gave David his daughter to cage him as a snare. Threw javelin on the boy that was playing music to deliver him from the spirit of darkness. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Disobedient, it reverberates in your life many times over. May you not be disobedient to God. Amen. Let me show you another man that disobeyed. Go to the book of Jonah. This type of message. You receive it with humility. You receive it saying, God help me not to be disobedient. Can I say something to you? Even to your pastor, just like me, your joke around me should not be insulting. No matter how familiar. You don't raise your voice at me as your pastor. Raising your voice is a sin. You raise your voice as your pastor, that's disrespectful. And when I see somebody doing that out of mercy, out of, so that I don't get too angry, I withdraw. So that I can be able to minister to the person with my my whole heart. Because I don't want the person... I believe that the person don't know better. That's why. But I shift to make sure this person is helped. The person might see that's the wrong thing, but it's necessary. Because I can see that the person is not mature enough to handle closeness with that disrespect. You can be close to a pastor, but I don't mean you should take him for granted. I can lay on the floor here. Oh my God, I don't mean you should use wrong word for me. Because the anointing is still there. I'm still the pastor. Do you understand? I didn't ask for it. He just gave it did somebody. Did you hear me? When your pastor comes around you, if there is no chair and you are seated, you should get up for him to sit. That is, somebody say, oh, no. honor. The same way happened to your mother. If your mother comes around you and she don't have a chair, get up And let her sit, no matter how you feel about her. I know they didn't teach you none about that. Somebody say, man. When you get to the store and you see an elderly person struggling with a cart, drop yours and carry hers. I do that all the time. You know, elderly people come to shop in the night. My wife sent me to the shop at 12 midnight sometimes <laughs> because she knows I ain't sleep. 12 midnight at 1 a.m. I say, honey, are you still praying? I say, yeah. I say pray to the shop. You know, pray to the shop. <laughs> I go to the shop. I go there. I see some elderly people. I say, ma'am, let me help you with that. Because I mean, they are some of them are 80 years old. If I want to live as long as they live, Amen. I must help them to tap into the anointing. Amen. Oh, you don't understand. Somebody say mystery. The Bible says, honor your father and mother so that your days may be what? Long. It means honor your elders. Children of nowadays, they don't know how to respect their elders. They don't open their mouth any kind of way. Oh God, that's why I slap them. Shut up. You don't do. your mother, say, hey! Listen to it, but the problem is that we give back to the disobedient that our children are carrying. Oh, check where you live with your mama. That's how they're living with you. It's not. Come on, now don't don't try to pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. Even if you were stubborn, when you are stubborn, your eye turn red. Some of your mama is afraid of you. And some of you, you run away because your mama didn't treat you right. But no matter how wrong they are, you must still give them respect. No matter how wrong they are. I'm not saying they are, not, they are, never, they are never wrong. No matter how wrong they are, they, you, they deserve what? Respect. respect. And mothers, you got to know how much you push your children. Don't push them too much. Because you give them no choice. You make it easier for them to sing. Somebody say, man. Many of us in here, in this nation, have not learned how to honor a man of God. Honoring a man of God doesn't mean you've got to give him money. You must. Somebody to say, honor your pastor. Oh, yeah. If I am your pastor, you owe me double honor. Somebody say, double honor. Double honor. Yes, you don't have to give me a dime. Somebody say, man, Just because I bring you to my house, don't mean you have to shout or talk to me any kind of way. Amen. Not because we eat together or we go out together or whatever. It's because I want to hang out with my daughter or my son. Amen. You should still have honor if you are smart and if you understand the word of God. Saul was crazy. Yet David had honor. Saul was out of his mind. David, he said, who shall lay hand against God's anointed and not be guilty? People don't understand that. Somebody say amen. You don't call your pastor by his name. Hey, Apostle Kingsley. No. (laughs) You can say apostle. Hey, man of God. There are some honor you have to give. That's why when I see children call their mother by their name, it repulses me. You don't call your mother. Fear won't let any of my daughters call you. They say Beverly. Ooh. My three fingers will imprint in their butt. Oh, i Beverly? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, they see Tasha. Oh, Tasha. You were Tasha your last that time. You must say Auntie Tasha. Auntie Beverly. Are you hearing me? You must put something respectful at the back. Not just for Beverly, for them to learn too. Because I don't want them thinking that you can call somebody name that. No, no, no. I want them knowing that everybody deserves respect. Somebody say, man. And your mama can send you, go and do this. You say, "Mm, I I hear that some of you give your children money to do chores for you. (laughs) I pay for your school fees. You eat my food. You are in my house. You sleep on my bed. You ain't got nothing coming in here. I'm teaching my daughter how to wash plates now. How to wash dishes. She's six years old. I'm teaching her to wash dishes because sometimes I wash dishes. My wife is at work right now. She's only back by ten p.m. If I gotta give my children food, I gotta wash dishes. So I said, "Marissa, stand here and watch me wash dishes." And put it over. This is how you do it. She tells me that is that it's not done. Yeah, look at the other side. I say, Shut up. <laughs> Somebody, I do, I mean, I watch dishes. Somebody said, Glory to God. Yeah. They have not learned everything, they are still learning. They don't they don't know. They haven't learned nothing. They are still but I want to make sure that when they get married, I won't have to come there and tell their husband, don't worry, she will learn. No. Somebody say, to glory to God. I want to get to a level whereby my wife don't have to walk no more, don't have to do nothing in the house no more, all the children are doing it. And you say you can't do it. I don't, I, I'm not going to ask you to leave my house. Leave my house is too easy. <laughs> you're not leaving nowhere. <laughs> but it's you, for, you to, for you not to have such a difficulty, you have to start it when it you're young. So that they, they, they can get used to it. Somebody say, This Amen. Amen. Disobedience is on, on any level, it is completely wrong. Somebody say glory to God. Go to Jonah, Jonah chapter 1. From verse 1 to 5.
1: Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. The son of Amate. Saying. Arise go to Nineveh. That great city, And cry against it. Uh-huh. For their wickedness is come up before me. Uh-huh. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish.
0: Jonah rose up. And he ran. And he ran. Now Jonah. I don't understand Jonah really. I don't get Jonah bring it here sister somebody somebody say man i really don't get jonah at all the reason i don't get jonah is that jonah was trying to play god well, let's let's see jonah went to tarsis why did he go to tarsis he was running from going to nineveh because he believed that nineveh is so sinful that god should not help them Jonah ran when he heard God go and preach to them. Jonah said I ain't going and Jonah (laughs) Jonah went to Tarshish go go ahead
1: from the presence of the Lord Uh and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish somebody
0: say he went down to Joppa watch this he went down to Joppa he got to Joppa who sent him to Joppa not God he sent himself so he had to fill the bill by himself When you are outside the will of God, you suffer more, you pay your price, no grace to help you. Somebody say neighbor, stay in your anointing. When you are outside, what go? If God say, some of you, you are supposed to be a preacher, keep running. No, keep running. And go and become a surgeon. One day your license will be seized. Because the grace to do that is not there. Even if you went to school. Something will happen that will cause a problem in your surgical career. That you won't practice anymore. And God say become a preacher. And you say God I want to be in business. Criminals will rob all your money for business. You pay the price. Because once God called you. And he said do this. He only gives you time to get ready. You better say yes. Jonah, Jonah, have to pay. You see, you become, you enter into unnecessary pressure. You begin to struggle. You begin to struggle, struggle, struggle. Because the grace to give you, to get what, the grace to make it easy is not there because you are not in your lane. Jonah was supposed to go to Joppa. I mean, Nineveh. He went to Joppa to board a ship to Tarsis. In thinking that he can thinking that God was not in Tashish <laughs> are you seeing the moronic behavior of Jonah can I tell you let me, let me do this let me do, disobedience affects you mentally Jonah wasn't thinking straight how can you run from God you run from you went to Joppa so you can board the ship to Tashish like God is not there Jonah know better than that. But he was not He couldn't think straight. Somebody say, glory to God. Amen. If God says, go that way, you go this way, you are in trouble. That, well, if you go this way, you are going to suffer because God is not going to help in that area. This is where your grace is. Amen. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. There is a reason why I stay in my lane. I'm a pastor, I stay in my lane. You don't reinvent a wheel. Amen. I'm not going to come here and set up a, a, a place where people come and take clothes and take food and whatever. That's not my calling. Somebody else has the calling. If there is food here, we will take it over there for him to give them. That's his calling. He don't preach like I do. He don't travel like I do. His calling is to gather food and give to the hungry. And anybody, no, that does not mean I can not have a Christmas party for y'all, give us food. But that's not my calling. Come on, somebody. I don't have that calling, you know, calling of, you know, uh, 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 in that church that, you know, I'm going to, the only person I know here to do it is Ezekiel steward. Watershed, right? Go to Watershed, he got a bunch of stuff. That's his calling. The man has it. Oh yeah, Because I don't have the grace to deal with foolish people. Excuse me. Excuse me. There are people that are so foolish that when they come on Christmas time, they begin to rush the thing. Apostles don't have that grace. Ezekiah still would have the grace to say, take it easy, you know, do it gently. Apostle Kingsley would say, all of you, get out of here, because the door is closed. So I don't have that grace. Somebody say, man, all of you, because you're rushing it, the time is closed no more. But Ezekiah still knows how to pet them. I don't have time for that, because that's not my grace. Come on, somebody, talk to me. I'm just telling you, that's, I have grace of an apostle. I don't have grace. Now, I can go to soup kitchen to serve. I'll do that. You know. I don't, I don't, I, I'm planning that this Christmas, I want I to go to... Last Christmas, I looked for a soup kitchen. I went to somewhere and I gave out. but I want to do it more this year. Somebody, I want to go on Christmas Day. I want to go serve food to people that need food. I want to look for where to go. I can value it, but if you want to go with me, I'll be happy. Somebody say, I, 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 I want to do that. I, I, I enjoy doing that. I want to do that. I don't want to stay at home on Christmas Day. I want to just go do work of God. Not on the pulpit here, but outside. I want to go to somebody's ministry and help them sell food amen. while I'm fasting. Somebody say, amen. "Amen." Jonah went to Joppa. Guess what happened? He got there. He paid his own fare. He paid God was supposed to pay for him to Nineveh, but he went to Joppa and paid his own fare. May you not begin to do for yourself what God can do for you amen. out of disobedience. Somebody say amen. Amen. See what happened. He entered ship in Joppa going to Tashish. That's another message altogether. But let's just deal with it for a minute. He entered ship. Everybody that was in the ship didn't know who entered. They knew it was Jonah but they didn't know what Jonah carried. They didn't know that Jonah was running from God and they were carrying a person running from God disobeying God in their sheep. And it came to pass that unusual storm that have never happened to them before, came into their lives because of one person. What people you hang out with, if they are in disobedience to God, run away from them, so that when judgment comes on them, it doesn't affect you. Somebody say, glory to God. They wind came, and these people say, what is going on here? And they began to do their cast lot. And they cast lot, and Lot caught Jonah. And look at what happened. When the ship was being tossed up and down, Jonah went under the ship and was sleeping. And other people were suffering the thing. Your disobedience doesn't just affect you, it affects other people. All that folks were suffering it. That is why, if your husband is out of order, pray to God. Keep calling on God for God to do something. God will do something. The reason? Because you are connected. God, so that God can do something. God can God, please, because of me, because of my children, help me, oh God. Amen? Help me. Help me. Do something. Please do something. Now, God will answer that prayer in one or two ways now. Hello? Amen. God could allow him, God could, if he yield himself, God can change him. Amen. But if he refuses to change, God can create a scenario where he can either die or lose that marriage. He will cheat on you so he can leave. So that you can be free. But you must pray for God to intervene. And when you're praying for God's intervention, you can't pray, say, God, Lord, kill him. Take him, let him cheat on me. You can't do none of that. You can only pray, God, help my family, save my husband, deliver him. That's what you pray. Somebody say, Glory to God. And Jonah began to struggle. And nothing Jonah did worked. Everything he did backfired. His life was in disarray. He endangered everybody around him. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say glory to God. God. Disobedience has consequences. Because Jonah was running from God. May you never run from God. Disobedience on any level is not good. The price of disobedience is very dangerous. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm beginning to round up now. uh, Disobedience brings different types of consequences. Number one, spiritual consequence, physical consequence, emotional consequence, and mental consequence. Spiritual consequence, he separates you from God. Did he separate Adam from God? Separated him from God. Emotional consequence, he brings sadness and hurt into your life. Because when you know you are wrong, it doesn't make you feel good. It brings sadness. It brings instability into your life. Somebody say emotional. Somebody say emotional. Somebody say amen. Mental consequence. It has to do with the fact that it burdens the conscience of men. It corrupts and cripples people's judgment. And it has a stronghold on memory and free will. And it leads to lack of peace in your life. Disobedience. Somebody say Amen physical. Disobedience can make you feel bad and unhappy, and it can make you feel sick in your body. Somebody say, glory to God. May you never walk in disobedience. May God give you grace to humble yourself and say, God, teach me what I need to know. I need you, I need to humble myself for you to just take me to a place where I will just open up and show you, just, just use me, do whatever you want. I yield to people that are leading me. I yield to every leader in my life that I know you put in my life. I yield myself to them because, can I say something to you? Look up on it. There are some people in your life you do not want to lose because they are your gateway to destiny. That's why you don't disobey them. But I said there are people in your life who do not want to lose their relationship. Whether they are poor or they are rich, whether they are small or they are big, there are relationship you don't want to leave. Because that relationship, if it's not there, you cannot fulfill destiny. There are some of you I don't want to lose. And there are some of you that should never lose me. That is just the way God made it. I told you we'll begin life with dependent. Right? And the middle we we'll become independent. From that independent to we die, we'll become what? Interdependent. When a child is born, he's what? Completely dependent on his mother. But when he becomes 18, he's now independent. I want to have my own. Right? Independent, right? How many of you, when you were 18, you want to be independent? That dependency was too horrible. Independent. You know, my, I want to talk my own team. I want to have my own car. Some of you, when you bought your first car, you thought you were the only person living. I want to have my own house somebody say man yeah. oh this is my own apartment oh my god I don't I don't depend on my mama no more I'm so independent Then eventually in your life you know that you need help that life from that time when you pass that stage and you until you die we all are what interdependent you depend on each other for life to be easier that's why don't have enemies You don't know where God is going to meet you. Somebody say hallelujah. We are dependent on each other. That's why our love is very important. And unity. May God bless this word in Jesus' name. I want to lead you in prayer right quick. My microphone. Somebody say amen. Get up on your feet as we pray. I want us to pray that God every seed of disobedience in my life let it be cut off if there is anything I have disobeyed in I repent of it right now open your mouth and pray I don't want you to whisper I want you to pray come on in the area of obeying God Obeying leaders in your life. Obeying the principle of tithe and offering. Obeying things that God have instituted. Pray for God to set you in order. Jesus, give us the grace to line up, to be obedient, not to lose what God has brought in our lives. For disobedience can be fatal in your life fatality that is going around me, oh God. I surrender myself, help you, oh God, I repent. Every coverage that I've lost, everything that I've lost, every dominion, power that I give it back to me. I line up with you. In Jesus' name, Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say father. Today. Everything. Anytime. I have walked in disobedience. Or rebellion. Lord I'm sorry. I submit myself. To you oh lord. And to the authorities. You are spiritually placed in my life. I do not want to lose my track of destiny. I rebel against rebellion. I rebel against rebellion. And I saw in in Jesus' name. Somebody say, Amen. Give God's face and I come on somebody. Bless them. And take a seat. God bless you. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are blessed by this message today? Please let's let's not just hear it, but let's take steps and walk with it.